morning. When the Jewish people went out to war, the Torah speaks about how, um, how they had to deal with several things. And one of the things the Torah discusses is how they dealt with different things that were in their path, in their way. For example, if they were, um, if they were walking through a certain far, forest, if they were walking through a certain direction to be able to get to whichever um, nation, whichever area they were trying, they were going to fight, they would come across different things along their path that they needed to get out of their way to be able to continue going. And um, the Torah gives very specific instructions when it comes to trees. The Torah says that we are not allowed to destroy a tree. And it's till today, it's something that we're careful about. That when it's a, when it's a tree that bears fruit, it, uh, it's baltashkes. We're not allowed to destroy it. If it's a barren tree that doesn't bear fruit, then it's okay to destroy it. It's okay to cut it to be able to pass through. Um, but when it, when it has fruit, you have to be very careful to give it the proper respect. Tyra is, is very, uh, puts a lot of focus on respecting the vegetation um, and, and not cutting it just for the purpose of destruction. Um, and people are careful about it today when they have to, for their house or for a certain part, for anything they're, they're making, when there's a fruit tree, there's the different things that we are very careful with um, and we don't just go um, straight and, and cut it down. What's interesting is that the Torah gives an interest, uh, 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 interesting reason. The Torah says that why should you not cut the tree? And they will know why should you not cut the tree? What does the Torah say? The Torah gives a reason which is like a bit uh, left field. Like you wouldn't expect this to be the reason. The Torah says why shouldn't you cut the tree? You would think it's because it has fruit. What does the Torah say? Ki ha'adam And this is a quote that everyone has heard, everyone talks about. The Torah says, why shouldn't you cut it? Because a person is compared to a tree of the field. First of all, what is the comparison between the person and the tree? And second, why is that the reason why you shouldn't cut it? <laughs> what, is the, what, what, is the, the, what type of reason is that? And what is the, there must, obviously, there's a deeper meaning and a deeper understanding into um, the comparison between a person and a tree and that being the reason why we're careful about cutting a tree. What does it mean when the Torah says that a person is compared to a tree? So this is the discussion that we have often when it comes to Bishvat. There is a Shonali Yelonis. But it's in the Parsha this week. That a person is compared to a tree. So in what way is a person compared to a tree? What do you guys think? In what way the Torah... It's interesting because the Torah compares a person to many things. The Bnei Yisrael in general. They're compared to many things. Um, and uh, here the Torah compares a person to a tree. Never that. You're always growing. You're always growing. Okay. Hopefully. I mean, you reach a certain age, you grow, and then you start uh, shrinking. <laughs> It's a good foundation. Some roots, the roots of the tree. Yeah. So there's actually a Gemara that asks this question. The Gemara in Taina says, "Is a person a tree of the field? A person's not a, like well, what, like it's an interesting comparison." And the Gemara says that the Torah is teaching us the following. The Torah is telling us if it's a if it's a Talmud Chacham Hagun. If you have different types of scholars, meaning that I guess the tree represents a person's study of Torah, a person's knowledge, and in general, it's a um, it's a discussion um, when it comes to um, fruit. 
fruit is uh, fruit in comparison to um, like grain, grain and vegetables. They are considered to be more regular mainstream food, food that you need to survive on. Fruit is more of a delicacy; it's more extras, and which is why tree makes sense that it refers to more the study of Torah as opposed to mitzvahs. Tyra is something which is more, um, which uses the brain, involves, you have to learn it, understand it, there's more pleasure in it rather than just actions, you got to do, you got to do. It's more understanding involving your, your intellectual part of yourself, you can appreciate it and, and enjoy it. But that's a separate discussion, but we see that the tree, because it, it compares to a Tamad Chacham, someone that, that has a Torah knowledge. And the Torah is telling us that if he's a Tamad Chacham Habun, if he's someone which is a scholar, as has Torah knowledge, but he's proper proper meaning in his conduct and his behavior. That he's someone which is not doesn't just have knowledge, but he's someone that, that you see it reflecting in his behavior, in his conduct, then you have to be protected and not and not destroy it and be very careful with it. There's fruit. This is compared to a tree with fruit. There he's produced something. That his knowledge isn't just something that, so to speak, remained in the center, but it produced fruit. He, on the outside, he is someone which actually is a very upright person and has appropriate behavior and is a, is a good, up, upright, standing person. So then you have to protect it and you can't touch it. But if it's the opposite, meaning a tamachacham which isn't appropriate, so to speak, in his behavior, then as the words in the Torah, then that's someone that you have to cut off and destroy and not allow to exist, so to speak. Um, which in itself is, a, is an interesting thing that it's like a, it's a random fact that we're comparing to a tree, the part of a person, it's like, it's like a small part of a person that we're saying, oh, if, his, if, if he has good behavior, then he's like a tree with fruit. If he has a, not such good behavior, he's like a tree without fruit, like a barren tree. And the, um, the truth is, that in the works of Kabbalah and Chassidus, it speaks a lot about a person being called the Olam Katan. That we have, a, we have the world at large, and each person is a reflection of the large world. Meaning inside of every person you can find something which is associated with everything in creation. In general, creation is divided into four parts. We have the Doimim, Tzameach, Chay, and Mendaber. We have that which is inanimate, things that don't seem to have much life, rocks, Dead things, even things, tables, chairs, things that don't have much life. You have tsoimeach, there's a step above, which is growth. Things that grow, plants, trees, that all falls under the category of something which is a step past inanimate. It's not rocks, there's growth in it, there's life in it. But not so much life. It doesn't move around, it's attached to its root. You cut it from its root, there's no longer any life. Chai is the next level, animals, which have more life, right? They're, they're almost like beings, they're like not human beings, but they're, they're, they have a lot of life to them. <laughs> and they have a lot of care. People have their pets, and, and uh, they have a lot of caring, they have feelings. Um, and then you have humans, medaber, that, uh, people, people that are the highest um, form of life. Yeah. On top of that, you have the neshama, the soul. But uh, it's for a separate discussion. So we have four parts of, of, of creation. And these four parts of creation exist in the world at large. And Chassidus explains at great length that they exist in each and every person. Each and every person has a part of them which is a reflection of daimim. They have a part of them which, so to speak, has the least amount of life. And the person, that, which is the active part of the person, right? The actions that a person does don't have much life in them. They could have life in them, but the life in them represents the tzameach. And the chay and the medaber, each part of a person um, represents more life, the emotions of a person, and the highest part of a person is an intellect, and even within the intellect is medaber, which is a... But the, it, it represents a different part, a different level of a person. 
And what the Torah is telling us here, Adam, this is another thing, there's four words in Hebrew that we refer to a person. Adam, Ish, Gever, and Enosh. And each of these refer to a different aspect of a person. Adam is the highest of all. Adam refers to the part of a person which is Seichel, which is the, the intellect, the intellectual part of a person, the most superior and the highest part of a person. And um, so what the Torah is telling us here is the Adam eats Asada. That the, the intellect of a person, which is the highest tool that a person has to be able to exercise their ability to understand, and it's your ability to manipulate others, your ability to get involved in life, is your brain. That's how you can, you can conceive ideas, you can, you can um, come up with ways to do things and, and navigate your way through life, is all through your brain. But um, when it comes especially to your spiritual life, it can happen very often that a person is stuck in his brain. Right? You, have the, you can have a person which they, they can learn, they can understand. I mean, some people don't even care to learn and understand. But there's some people that they learn and understand. They're ready, they're ready to hear. I'm ready to hear a good vart. I'm ready to hear a good, a good, uh, a good piece of Torah. I'm ready to hear something inspirational. Will I, will I do something as a result of it? Probably not. <laughs> um, it, meaning it may inspire me in the moment. And wow, it was a geshmaka idea. It was a very nice thought. But then, how does it actually impact my life? Not much. This is where you have a disconnect and a detach between the person's brain, their intellect, and their, their, their feelings, their, their behavior, their action. And what the Torah is telling us here is a person is very strongly compared to a tree. Why? Because a tree without fruit represents a Talmud Chacham, someone that has a lot of knowledge, a tremendous amount of knowledge, a scholar. But there's no, there's no, it doesn't bear any fruit. There's no practical application of everything that he's learning. Meaning it doesn't reflect in his behavior. It stays in the mind. And there's a disconnect. There's something that doesn't allow it, he's not allowing it to impact his practical life. And then you have a Talmud Chacham Hagun. You have someone where, where it's a tree that bears fruit. It's reflected in all of his behavior and in everything that he does. That is someone which you know that his knowledge and learning is something which, is, which permeated him through and through. It's not just something which is uh, good ideas and good thoughts and intellectual, but it actually um, uh, took over his life, so to speak. And this is what we need to learn from the Torah telling us a person being compared to a tree in such a way is it's very powerful and it's a very strong part of a Jew and strong part of Judaism where the Torah is um, um, indicating to us um, and instructing us that we have to be very, um, pay very close attention to where we're holding in our, in, our, in our study of Torah and in our knowledge, that in our inspiration, that we pre- some people can very easily be inspired. But what does the inspiration accomplish? That's where you test, that's where you see where the person really is holding. It's not, you, you, it's not about how much the person knows or how easily they can get inspired or how excited they can be. It's about how much does it produce? How much does it actually impact and have an effect on their outside behavior on what they do? Is it something which just remains in the head? Or is it something which has a, is fruitful, bears fruit? And that is a tree which you need to protect, which has a lot of value, and something which, which, uh, which, where there's a direct reflection of everything that he knows and understands in his behavior. So in the month of Elul, we're connecting everything that in this month, where we're, it's the, the December of Judaism, where we have to... <laughs> um, I've been telling it to a lot of people this week. In the, in the financial world, December is the month where, you're, where you make your projection for the new year. You look at your revenue, your losses. So it's the December of Judaism.
So, um, so in this month, it's a month where we have to we have to look at all of our. Um, are we are we are we guilty of 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 learning, understanding, hearing, listening, but but not allowing it to actually impact our life? We have to allow our understanding and everything we learn to seep in a little, let it trickle down, and let it let it have some sort of an impact and uh, actually change our behavior and the way we live. L'chaim. Yeah. Yeah.